And in the picture that I have, you can see Mickey Mouse and his handler walking right to me because I'm the only person there. And it set me off again. And I just started sobbing uncontrollably. <laughs> and Mickey Mouse comes over to me and I just bear hug poor Mickey and just apologize. <laughs> everybody to this week's episode of the DCL Duo podcast brought to you by my path unwinding travel. Sam, your green room has been invaded by pillows. What's going on? Are you taking a nap? Are you sleeping during the podcast now? I I am not sleeping. This (laughs) is from our house sitter. She stripped the Murphy bed and folded up everything. And so there's pillows and a big blanket sitting next to me. (laughs) But yeah, for those of you who cannot see or have not watched one of our video podcasts, uh, we have like a Riviera style Murphy bed in our guest room. And so Sam sits on a couch in front of it. And uh, yeah, we were in New Orleans this past weekend and uh, had someone watching our two adorable yet rambunctious dogs. So Sam, we've talked Disney Cruise Line versus Celebrity Cruise Line. We've talked Disney Cruise Line versus Royal Caribbean Cruise Line. We've talked Disney Cruise Line versus Carnival Cruise Line. And tonight we're And talking- even Virgin Voyages we have recently. That's true. But tonight, Sam, what are we talking? We are talking Disney Cruise Line versus Holland America Cruise Line. And we have a great guest to welcome to the show for the first time. Welcome, Sarah. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. We're so excited to have you. Thank you for joining us to chat with us about Disney Cruise Line and Holland America Cruise Line. Before we get to the main topic of our show, we, of course, need to ask you, what your Disney cruise creds are, how many cruises have you been on, what ships, and then what your general sort of love of Disney comes from. Well, so this was my very first Disney cruise. And so I have now been on the wish. So I can finally say, yes, I am silver. I've completed it. Um, However, yay, celebrations. (laughs) However, all of my other cruises have been on Holland America line because my parents are huge Holland America cruisers. They have Ah. the true cred. They probably have over a year's worth of days on cruise ships by now. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. They're over 300. I think they're pushing somewhere around 400. So I have lived vicariously through them. But my very first cruise ever was an eight-day, seven-night out of Amsterdam for Norway, um, which was fantastic. If you're going to do it first, go to Norway. It is incredible. And then my second one was uh, eight day, seven night Caribbean with Key West, Grand Turk, Amber Cove, and Half Moon Key. And also wonderful, but completely different vibes. So this was nice to compare an older style cruiser versus like focus on families and just being bouncy. And it was, it was interesting. I had a good time. That is, I mean, very, very different. What made you decide to, so Holland America's easy answer, right? Your parents cruise on Holland America. So you're going to, cru- if you're going to cruise with them, that's what you're cruising. But how did you choose to cruise on Disney Cruise Line for the first time? Huge Disney person. And I'm an annual pass holder. And the past couple of years, obviously, cruising has been a little bit difficult. It was especially for me for getting back onto a ship more because of scheduling and life. But we had put this cruise together with some friends in May 2022. And we were actually supposed to be on a Halloween on high seas, four day, three nighter 
in September. However, there was a hurricane named Ian who ah. came in and said, guess what? You nope. know this cruise? It's not going to happen. Even though <laughs> I tried. I tried my best. I was watching my flights just slowly disappear. My friends yep. are canceling and shifting and I'm holding tight. Like, yes, I can drive. I can drive 14 hours. This isn't our problem. <laughs> no big my deal. Husband, <laughs> my husband's like, why? We're going to be at the Polynesian and we can't leave our room. I was like, but we're going to need the Polynesian club level. Like, <laughs> it'll be fine. <laughs> He's like, no, we can't do this. So eventually it all got canceled on that, I think, Tuesday or Wednesday. And we rescheduled for December of 2022. And we upgraded to a five-day, four-night um, instead. So we added the extra day, which... And now instead of Halloween, it was the very merry time of Christmas. So that was fun. Like, And we still got to go and stay at the Poly. I finally knocked out my monorail like stays. But it was still... I was, I was, I was happy it happened. I was happy to have that extra day because yeah, I've only done long cruises huge. and having like a short cruise. I was like, this is... I was like, I just want to see day. So yeah. other than that, I've been to Walt Disney World uh, this weekend will be trip number 18 since 2015 because I didn't start going to Walt Disney World or any Disney thing until 2015. I was about to turn 32 and I took my parents. I finally got to go for the first time and it ignited an absolute obsession. Um, I went to Disneyland for the first time last year and I'll be back for my 40th this fall. And now I've done Disney Cruise Line. So I need to get myself out to Alani. That's the next thing. That's within the next year or two, hopefully. Yeah. Hashtag goals. I love it. I love it. So, Sarah, I want to ask because the Wish has been a divisive ship within the Disney Cruise Line community. But there's been some speculation that, you know, if you've never cruised Disney before and your first experience with Disney is on the Wish, you know, it might not be so bad. So I'm curious, your first experience of Disney was on The Wish. How would you rate it? Scale of one to 10. I would give it probably a good solid between eight and nine. There's a couple weird things that I had read about and I experienced them. And I said, yes, why would you do this? However, that I feel that's being very nit- nitpicky. It was solid. The cast members were incredible. I cried. I sobbed walking onto the ship. I actually, <laughs> you know, we, we went out of Port Canaveral and we're finally there and I'm walking in and they announced you know, our last name and I just lose it. And I just like, I have to flip my glasses onto my face, like pull down the sunglasses and just walk through. I, I, I didn't even try to grab like the little wish wand because I was just <laughs> overwhelmed. I was like, oh my God, it really is pretty. And there's Cinderella and Prince Charming. And I ditched my husband and my about to be nine-year-old and just ran up the stairs because I am just crying. <laughs> I, I just, some, I was just emotionally overwhelmed by the whole entire thing. I ran all the way up to the very top, got away from everybody else, calmed myself down. I was like, okay, I'm going to take a couple of pictures with my little Olumel. And in the picture that I have, you can see Mickey Mouse in his handler walking right to me because I'm the only person there. And it set me off again. And I just started sobbing uncontrollably. <laughs> And Mickey Mouse comes over to me and I just bear hug poor Mickey and just apologizes. <laughs> Tears are, I was like, I'm so sorry. It's just been such a thing to get here. And they're just patting me on the back and comforting me. <laughs> I was like, 
okay, I'm really sorry. Thank you. I, I apologize. This, I do that when I meet Mickey. It just overwhelms me. I don't know why. I don't even care about Mickey. That's not even my favorite character. And it just, oh. It was oh my good. god, that it might, was, it was might be the best entry story <laughs> yeah, I've you, ever heard. Your poor eight-year-old and husband, what were they thinking? My husband literally said, where did Sarah go? <laughs> I was gone. I, had, I think they had gone down to the kids club because I had to go figure out where they were. I, I had no idea. I was gone for probably 30 minutes. And then I came down and I went down the slide and got down there, found everything. But I feel like Disney people could always be very nitpicky. We don't like change. We want things to be right. a certain way. And I could tell that with the design of the wish, it's different from the dream and the fantasy. And everybody really loves you know, Magic Wonder. You have you have your own ship. You have your favorite restaurant. But if you just go on and you haven't done anything, it was it was wonderful. I yeah. I mean I cried. I cried multiple times like throughout the entire cruise. So. <laughs> Great. I, I guess I'll give it a 10. I'll, I'll, I'll come back on it. It was a 10. It was but it had been longer. Yes, that would be like my main complaint. They need to stop doing three nights and four nights. They need to do yeah. much longer cruises. Let's talk about Holland America for a second. It's a cruise line that I have very little familiarity with. And so I don't know if there's a, a level of introduction here you can give our listeners around Holland America. I mean, they are a global cruise brand. But you know, what's your they're experience been with here. Holland? That's yeah, true. based here in the Seattle yeah. area. And they're a part of Carnival Corporation. Car- so car- I will. So sorry to jump the gun here, but they Carnival Corporation owns Carnival Cruise Line, Princess Cruise Line, Holland America, and maybe one other one that I'm missing. I can't I remember. I want to say Seaborn. Yeah, yeah that's that's right. the other one. Yeah. What's your experience been, Sarah, with Holland America? Like what, what kind of ships are we expecting and itineraries and, you know, just general background on Holland America from your point of view? Mine started out because of my parents. They became very focused on cruising because they did an Alaska cruise tour, I want to say in 2013. For several years, I was more just in the background, not really paying attention because I was dealing with my own life. My parents are retired. They're just going gallivanting around. The really nice thing about Holland America, it is geared more towards the 55 and up crew. Um, you still have families on there. They do still have kids clubs. I feel size-wise, a lot of their ships will compare to the Magic and Wonder. Um, they have a lot of smaller ones that can go and do very unique itineraries. Holland is the first cruise group to really go into Alaska. They were, they've been in there for 75 years. So if you want to do Alaska, I actually did a cruise tour with them last summer. Um, I just did the land portion and they were fabulous. I have never experienced Alaska like any, I, I can't even imagine like doing Alaska and not now doing a cruise tour because you get to see just like a small amount of the islands if you're on any other cruise ship. And then you get to go into the wilderness and actually experience like this is Alaska and it is huge and it is massive and Denali is crazy. You can do you can do that. But however, they also go all around the world. My parents have now done their seventh continent as of last November. They hit Australia. They've been all around South America and into Antarctica. They've been all over Eastern Europe. They've been all over um, South Southeast Asia. Can go into Norway and go as far north as Janmaren and Svalbard. Because they've done that a couple of times now. Um, you can go out to Hawaii with them. It kind of you know everything always depends on the year. Their ships range from the Koningsdam, which is what I did 
on my Norwegian cruise out of Amsterdam. And that ship, I don't know the size off the top of it, but I would say it was very similar in size, maybe a little bit smaller than The Wish. Not as much spectacular stuff, but they do more educated entertainments. Like we had a lot of things from the BBC. We had gorgeous like dance troops that would come on and do our nighttime shows. Um, the food was incredible. They focus on having food from every port. If you're going to a specific place, you're going to have, if you're in the Lido deck, the food there is going to be themed around wherever you're going to be staying. Oh, cool. I know, which like, and the food was fantastic. And that was a weird thing for me because I had never really done a uh, main dining because we would just, we would do some specialty stuff like on the cruise ships with mom and dad because they would use their benefits with that cruise line. You get more, the more like stars you get. Like I'm just a one star, but they are four star mariners about to be their fifth star. They just, they get all kinds of stuff. It's kind of jealous in a way. So they have a main dining room, right? I presume they all, all the ships have like a, a one main dining room where you can yes. eat every night or they have like probably similar to what we hear on Royal, which is where you can sort of dine at these different specialty restaurants for an upcharge, maybe not an upcharge if you have a certain level of status or if you're staying at like a concierge or some other kind of similar level. Is that similar yes. to how it works? Okay. And then they also have their Lido deck. So that's their buffet. And that's open right. for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And that was one critique that I heard about The Wish that surprised me a little bit. I think in the previous ships, buffet was self-serve. So you could just go and serve yourself like with any dump stuff on your plate and go on. Yep. Um, with this one, it's always been those small little plates. Go pick whatever you want, you know, and then go take it back to your, your little spot and go bring back more and take it back to your spot. So that wasn't really a big change for me. Depending on the ship, they will always have probably two to three specialty dining locations. And I've done the Pinnacle Grill, which is their premier one. And it was wonderful. I would say from what I have read about Remy, um, it's not as fancy as Enchante. I don't, I don't think it is. And just from like looking where Enchante was, it's, it's not like that, but it is a private dining room with just wonderful high class service. Mm -hmm. And I would say probably level of maybe Palo, between Palo and Remy. So it's interesting. I'm, I'm just looking at a little information about Holland America in general, and it, it appears they have one, two, three, maybe four classes of ship and looks like 11 ships in their fleet. Uh, they, they do sail on the Caribbean as well. Have you taken a Caribbean cruise on Holland America, Sarah? I That was my second one. It was out of Fort Lauderdale. We went to Key West. We went to Grand Turk. We went to Amber Cove, which is in the Dominican Republic. And then we went to Half Moon Key, which is their private Bahamian island. That's where the carnival ships will go as well. And that was really ah. interesting to uh, compare and contrast um, Half Moon Key to Castaway Key. Number one, unlike Royal, they pronounce key. Everybody pronounces key the same. The same. So you don't yeah. have to sit down and go like, I don't know. <laughs> they, and they pronounce it correctly. Key, not K. All this rhyming nonsense. Like, stop it. I know. I know. Stop exactly. with the rhyming nonsense. Pronounce it like the Bahamians pronounce it. Exactly. You have to tender to get to Half Moon Key. Oh, um, just because it's so shallow. Which was one of the things that surprised me because when I finally got there, you know how people will see like those beautiful photos of the Bahamas and the water is so blue. And you're like, mm -hmm. no, 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 no. It is. You roll up there because it's so shallow that you just see the sand automatically and the water just turns so blue. 
And I have pictures that are just shocking. And I was just like, I, I'm wondering, will Castaway Key be like this? Because they have that protective cove and half, half Moon Key didn't. But you could go horseback riding into the water. You could do all kinds of stuff. And to go back to, for one second, I just wanted to be fully accurate here. So Sam, Carnival Cruise Line owns Carnival Cruises, of course, but also Aida, Costa, oh. P&O, Canard, Princess Holland and Seaborn. So the wow, so empire of than, Carnival Cruise yeah. Line uh, yeah. extends uh, vast. So yes, but we were correct on all the ones they have. We just missed a couple. <laughs> yes, right. You did not make the coverall, but you did get the uh, the postage stamp. Is that the bingo term, Sam? But yes. yes. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's step back for a second and talk about. We like to kind of go through the process here. So, any major differences in your experience, Sarah, between booking a Disney cruise and a Holland America cruise? One cruise line better than the other? There. The differences are the Disney mindset versus everybody else in booking a cruise. (laughs) And if you have booked a Disney trip, you know that you will have to be up really early at some particular time to do X, Y, and Z before Mm -hmm. your trip. And you're going to have to fight to get X, Y, and Z on an excursion because you need to be concierge or then you need to be platinum, gold, silver, first time. So that doesn't happen. Um, You book and then you're able, depending on how far out you are, you can start booking things as they pop up. And that that's really handy. I think I've only done one actual excursion on Holland America, more because I just wanted to go and hang out. When we went to our Norway cruise, we did a train excursion. And that was my very first one. So my dad did everything. And then we just wandered around the cities after that. And then in the Caribbean, I had thought about doing one particular excursion in Amber Cove, where you can go sliding down the waterfalls, I think similar to Dunn's River Falls over in Jamaica, only it's over in Dominican. But other than that, there's not really the demand that you need to get up at a particular time to go do the onboard bookings. It's just, you know, look, you do have to pay for them as you book them. I think that's probably like a bigger difference because mm-hmm. with Disney, yep. you it just gets charged at the end. So that way, I think that helps you. You also have drink packages. You can, you can still book spa stuff. They have other onboard things that you can go and do. But for the most part, it is just the fact that you don't have to worry about running around and I need to have, you know, everybody needs an account, but I don't need to worry about like all these other times. It's just, okay, mm-hmm. you've booked. Congratulations. Um, start looking at things. And when you're ready, then you will be able to do whatever you want. How does the cost compare? Is Disney more expensive or are they on on par? There's that premium. You can do their Pinnacle and Neptune suites, and it will be probably on a level with a lot of the concierge stuff. Disney, I still feel from looking at a lot of pricing, some of their concierge will definitely jump up, especially with those longer sailings. Dealing with a lot of my parents' cruises in the last five years, you can get a much higher priced cruise that would probably bounce out to about the same. But you can also do like a lot of things like more budget friendly. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of it depends. If you're doing a Caribbean, I think it's going to be cheaper. If you're going and doing a three-week Australian cruise, which is what they just did, thanks to a lot of their future cruise credits that kept on rescheduling, that one will be a lot more if you have a veranda. But they also 
really focus on longer trips. And that was something right. that I had learned from talking with a couple of folks there is that one of the things that Holland America is really doing is trying to get away from a lot of the standard like locations that are in the Caribbean or that are in Europe. And they're wanting to go and explore more unique itineraries. Mm-hmm. I know that there are talks now about some of their Alaska trips. If you can think of Alaska and how it has that very long arm that goes out into the Baltic Sea, mm-hmm. doing some cruise stops there with their smaller ships in oh, the wow. next couple of years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can actually do maybe those 11, 12 night cruises where you're not doing the cruise tour, but you're really seeing a lot of the smaller islands. And I know that there's also some talk about doing that in the Caribbean with those more unique, longer sailings. You can go and see more things. You know, I think back to some of the ones that mom and dad have done even in Southeast Asia, and they just hit like all kinds of little tiny places and big places. You can go and do circumnavigations of Japan. They're actually going to be doing one of those with Princess here like this year, which I'm really excited about. So that'll be kind of be a nice little change. They have to step out of their comfort level and I can learn about Princess. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say the interesting thing about Holland is looking at their ship capacities. They get down into like the 1600s or actually the 1400s, and only up to about 2600, it looks like. And so that's actually much smaller than the Wish, and more on par with kind of the Magic magic class. And smaller, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and smaller. I mean, Disney's Magic class ships, they have a passenger capacity of uh, 27 so th- those are some small ships if they're down in the yeah. 1400s. So that, yeah, that does enable them to get into some spots that even the Disney Magic and Wonder might not be able to get into. So that's that's really interesting. You mentioned the Disney and everybody else and sort of the what I like to call the rope drop culture uh, infusing the cruise line. How is it from the standpoint of the port experience, the embarkation experience? So that was actually a lot better. Now, granted, my two experiences One is in Amsterdam and one is in Fort Lauderdale. The Amsterdam one was pretty good comparing it to being at Port Canaveral and being over at Fort Lauderdale. I think it was like more Yeah, that's probably a good comparison. Yeah. It was kind of a hot mess when we were over in Fort Lauderdale. And it was not because of Holland America. They had a couple of alarms that had sounded. And so everybody had to stop what they're doing and go do other things. So I think we were a little bit delayed. But I remember more getting off of the ship and... That customs took, I think, an hour for everybody to clear. And I remember distinctly preparing myself for that with the wish and thinking about, okay, our flight time and we have our transfer. And we never stopped moving. We had our luggage with us because we forgot to send it down late night because we were just not paying attention to anything. And I was like, oh, it'll be fine. I was like, we'll walk it off. It's not a big deal. And we just kept moving. We just went down the whole entire line. I felt at Port Canaveral because it is owned by Disney. That was the smoothest and just perfect experience for if I have to do any type of waiting. It, it was wonderful. I wish all I wish all waiting things could be like that because we just never stopped. I will say the best thing about going out of Fort Lauderdale is the fact that you're so close to the airport. You're so close to hotels. Yes. And obviously, over in Port Canaveral, it's a little bit of a change. You are out there, but you can see the space shuttle. And I was so excited. I was maybe as excited to see the space shuttle building as I was to actually walk on the ship. Let's talk a little bit about some of the onboard offerings. I'd love to hear what you thought about, let's talk at activities 
slash entertainment on Holland versus on Disney, right? Who's doing, you know, who's keeping you busy during the day or putting on shows in the evening? You know, we know obviously Disney does, but how does Holland compare in that respect? You hear from the cruise director on Holland America so much more than you hear from Disney, which would surprise me a little bit. I expected to hear our guy pop on throughout the day, reminding us a lot of different things. And I went to a couple of the shows. I didn't hit every single show, but I hit two out of the three. Mm-hmm. And it was more of a thing, I think, on Holland America that they had they had the same show twice, but it was a little bit more, I want to say upscale, but I don't want to say that in a way that's like downplaying anything that Disney does. It's just, it's for a different audience. Mm-hmm. I think one thing, we've had a lot of different dancers with this beautiful stage that they have in their center stage, which is multi-level. Mm-hmm. And it had not probably like a 270 degree video boards that would just show various like background things to go along with whatever the show was. And one of my favorite ones was BBC. That night, they would have a, I don't know if it'd be a string quartet, but it'd be something like that. They would be playing music while they'd be show scenes from around the world on BBC Earth and everything would be tied together. And it was honestly breathtaking because it was high definition and you were just like, wow, look at this. And then they would also do on the same stage on another night, they would do a dance troupe doing a lot of lyrical slash ballet, interpretive dance to like various things. It was just a little bit more like high class as opposed to like watching The Little Mermaid, which was fabulous. Favorite show. Loved it so much. (laughs) It's just like a different vibe. We've had, I've seen magicians. I've seen some comedians. I think one of my favorites was it was the Norwegian cruise. They had a lady who had either won or was a top five person on like their like the Holland slash Netherlands version of you've got, um, like America's Got Talent or American mm-hmm. Idol. And so she performed the harp and it was amazing. Like you think harp and you think I'm going to have a great time. I'm going to sit here with my drink and I'm going to fall asleep. And she was so good. I think she sang along with everything and I was just like, wow. And she sang because she even did some things in, I think, Flemish because she asked if anybody spoke Flemish and she was very excited about that. Oh, cool. So it's just, it's a different vibe. If you've got younger kids, some of it, honestly, probably they might feel like a little bored, but it's it's not really geared as much towards them. And that's, you know, it's a different ship with like a different focus. Mm-hmm. But you could go and just, it's wonderful and it's nice to relax and you get that. I've gone off dinner and now I'm going to go get my drink and I'm going to sit there and I'm going to relax. And then afterwards, one of the things that they've really done, especially on the Koningsdam, and I also sailed on the Amsterdam as well, they have their music walk and they have a Lincoln Center section that is more classical string music. They have a billboard online section, which is dueling pianos, which was my favorite thing. Every night to go and watch dueling pianos. Yeah, like you can at Disney World at Jelly Rolls, right? Yes. The only, you don't have to like put any money up. That was, that is like the one nice thing because you're like, okay, you know, they're, they're doing their thing. Um, They would do the music trivia every night and they would play something. And they would also do a lot of stuff. The music did tend to be more like a little bit 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, a little bit, a tiny bit 90s and a tiny bit 2000s. So, you know, if you're 
in the 55 and older age group, you're like, this is great. If you're, you know, in your 30s, sometimes you're like, I know these songs and this sounds fantastic, but I'd like to not listen to the, the tones of my, my childhood. <laughs> like, <you> know, <laughs> a little older, but you know, small couple. They also have the BB King Jazz Club. I don't think that's the right name, but they would have live jazz ensemble like every night. And that would be so lively. You go over, they would be more like later in the evening. And so all the music could be happening and you could just walk through and just pick whatever it is that you wanted to sit there. And you wouldn't, you would think, oh, there's a cacophony of music going everywhere. Not as much. Like they, they really had it spaced out and timed out well, but it was, you know, there's bars everywhere. So you can just go grab a drink. If you're sitting down, someone would get you something. And it was just really, really nice. I would say it is comparable to the bar, like not as heavily themed as the bars and lounges over on the Wish. You know, still you can go over and someone's going to go and flag you down and grab stuff for you. And they also have casinos on Holland America, which is typical for most cruise lines that aren't Disney, just because it's an extra form of revenue. I don't remember if you could smoke in them or not. I don't remember like running into it. It's possible. But you could kind of cut through a casino if you didn't really want to deal with that. I I like the spa on the Holland America ships better than the spa on the Wish. I will say that. I didn't get to go into the rainforest room, but I did do a massage. Both both massages were wonderful, but just like the extra amenity of what they had on their like spa area, the Koningsdam was the best because they had the beautiful room of all of the loungers, the ceramically heated loungers. Oh, yeah. You could just stare there and just stare out. And no one was in there. And it was so wonderful. I probably napped there, I think, for probably about 45 minutes. And then I moved myself over to there's a sauna. Here's four or five different types of showers, including a horizontal shower. And here's like an, an <laughs> yes. Uh, they have the Thalassa, the Thalassa yes. therapy. Yeah, those, oh, those things. Are so yeah, those are really nice. Yeah. The horizontal shower that I was like, I, I don't know. Do I just lay down? You lay down, you pull the lay thing, down. it just dumps on you. And I was like, huh, how about that? You, you mentioned that your kids might get bored on a Holland America cruise. Uh, that begs the question for me, what's the demographic like on board? Do they even have a kids club or kids geared activities? They do. There is a club. How? Um, there's not as many kids. I feel that I saw maybe, oh, maybe 10 to 20 families on each cruise. And some of them, it looked like it was multi-generational. Everybody's going, we're doing something with grandma, grandpa, because I mean, Norway is not like a typical cruise. Like you're thinking like, you know, the Caribbean was a little bit bouncier, but there were maybe a little bit more kids on that one, but not a ton. I know they have like scheduled activities and they have the kids club and there's a running track. There's like a sport court. There's not like the big bouncy, like play toys inside. They do have pools on the ship. Um, they don't have slides and there's not um, a kid's like splash area, but you mm-hmm. can go and like have a good time. It's just, you know, I feel that if you're going on a Holland America ship, you're going because you're going for the itinerary. I want mm-hmm. to go and I want to see all these places, the Eastern Mediterranean. Like my parents, they did one and they hit even into Israel. They got to stay overnight and do all kinds of stuff like over there. Um, you can really go and see, like, I think they go up into like right up there on the other side of Italy. They go so many more places that a normal like royal 
or Disney ship aren't going to go. So I think it's going to attract more folks who have children who are more independent and they can like entertain themselves like a little mm-hmm. bit more. I don't need as much of like relying on the kids clubs. And granted, like kids are going to get bored on every ship. My kid did not like the kids club on the wish. So, you know, it is what it is. Your kids didn't like the kids club on the wish. No. Oh. oh my gosh. Oh. I th- it only goes downhill from there. <laughs> <laughs> and you said he's almost yeah. eight. Is that right? He just turned nine. He just turned nine. Like, okay. Just turned nine into December. We cruise at the beginning of the month and his birthday was at the end. Max absolutely hated the kids club. However, he absolutely loved the whole sports zone area, like the hero zone. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. my gosh. That was, that was his thing. I took him up there and he saw that there was basketball and there was soccer and we missed the inflatables. I think we were doing something else. Like yeah, that it's day. only it open like one day. It's I know. Only, yeah. So yeah. dumb. We actually stayed on ship that day too. We were just doing like so many other things. He loved it. We went up and we played like foosball. We played air hockey and he saw basketball. My child is obsessed with basketball. And so like the sea day, he spent probably five to six hours up there by himself, just wow. shooting and having the best time living his best life. Well, I live my best life over in the adult only pool. And that yeah, I love that. Well, so. see that. I mean, that's a good thing, right? Like you, your kid doesn't have to like the kids club in order to have a good time. And some kids really like the kids club. Some kids really don't. But I do find, and I think this is probably true for any cruise line, your kid is going to have a better, kid or kids are going to have a better time if they have somebody else to play with, right? The best tip I give people is if you're concerned about your kid having a good time, find a way to connect with another family who has maybe a similar age child who might maybe has similar interests to your child and connect them as soon as you can, whether that's before you get on or at least on day one when you're on the ship to meet. Yeah. And that we actually had friends who were on the cruise. I didn't realize that they were. And then at the last moment, like, oh, okay, let's meet up. Oh, that's cool. It was. And so when we were over at Castaway, Max and my friend's son, they just built sandcastles the entire time. And Max lived his best life. We didn't even eat on Castaway. Like everybody says, oh, go try the barbecue. I'm like, I don't know. I went over there. We snorkeled for a little bit. And then right there between the snorkel area and the swim area where that little sign is, um, we dragged a couple chairs down. So we were always in the shade. And I had several pina coladas. And I lived my best. Like I didn't do anything like my husband bird watched the entire island. And now oh. he has the fifth most uh, bird sightings on Castaway. Oh, so if so you're fun. into birds, Josh, Josh is number five. So there you go. Well, since we were chatting about Max, we thought it might be fun to bring him into the show. And so, hey, Max, we were just talking about the kids club on the Disney Wish. And your mom said you might have a very particular point of view about the kids club. And we want to hear all about it. So, And the hero zone. We and the hero that. zone. So tell us about the kids club and the hero zone from your perspective. Okay, so the kids club, I did not like because um, I tried to get people to play with me and then they, and they're like, no, I'm playing with someone else. And then I kept doing that over and over. And then for the heroes, um, I can't really explain a lot, but I just liked it because there was a basketball court, there was ping pong, there was foosball, there was air hockey. There was like this thing like where you, there's like a magnet thing and you like, Launch and there's like a one, two, three thing. Oh. I like that. Yeah, what do they call that? Not shuffleboard, Sam, but the thing they do in the. Oh, um, it's uh, like a table shuffleboard. Yeah. Kind of. yeah. Yeah. It's like a table version of shuffleboard. Yeah. 
Yeah. So you liked playing. It sounds like you liked playing a lot of the sports and games in the hero zone. Do you think you might have had a better time in the kids club if you had made a friend at the beginning of the cruise? Yeah, but um, me and my mom did run into some people that we knew, like at Castellaki. Yeah. And we hear you made some sandcastles. Did you have a good time doing that? Yeah. I also saved my friend's life. Oh, you yes. did. Actually, you need to tell yes. us. You need to tell us the story. <laughs> what happened? So, um, Connor, uh, he was, he's in first grade. So, um, he was just getting some water in the bucket so, like, we could pour a sandcastle. And then, uh, he got too deep and then he couldn't touch. So I waited and then, um, I knew it. Uh, I just, like, went to Connor and then, I couldn't touch too, so like I had to like go underground and hold my breath, and like I had to hold on up as long as I could, and then I did, and then I saved his life. And wow, then, did you swim him to safety then? Uh, so my mom's friend, whenever I was holding him up, she uh grabbed him and then like pulled him out of the water, and he was coughing a lot, but he was okay. So, so he what swallowed happened? a bunch of water. Yeah. Wow. Max and Connor had gone out. They were probably within about four feet of water. So mm-hmm. they're still really close to the shore and they're over next to the line. But you know, if you know where the lifeguards are, they're over and over. And Connor's mom and I are watching the boys and we're chatting. We're watching the boys. And we start looking at the boys because everything just doesn't look right. Mm-hmm. And you could tell that Max is holding on to Connor and they're both kind of bobbing. And yep. we were just like, okay, lifeguard instincts and we just ran right into the water and plucked them both up. Connor had swallowed like quite a bit of water. It was one of those things. It just, it was in a shallow spot. It was just perfect for him. Just had gotten probably, yeah. Exactly. Just a dip. Yeah, that can be a dangerous situation. But good job. I cannot, I mean, this Kudos to you. Kudos to you for for helping your friends. And yeah. uh, Yeah. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for for sharing your thoughts. We really appreciate it. We always love having kids on and hearing a kid's opinion because you're the ones who matter when it comes to the kids club. And we're not allowed to play in the kids club except for when it's an open house. So your opinion on the kids club is way more valuable than our opinion on the kids club. Can I ask, what was your favorite food on the Disney Wish? I'd say the the cheese pizza because their cheese pizza was like, so good. Oh, I love like I it. Could, like I couldn't describe how good it was. It was just so good. Yeah, we hear really good things about the cheese pizza because they do they make fresh crusts on board the wish. So that's awesome. Well, thank you, Max. We really appreciate you helping us out here today. Hey, DCL Duo fans, you know, we get the question all the time, should I use a travel agent to book my next Disney cruise or should I just book with Disney directly? And I'm going to tell you, if you have that question in the back of your mind right now, you should stop what you're doing and head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo. The folks over at My Path Unwinding provide an amazing service. They are so knowledgeable and so friendly. We rely on them ourselves to book our family vacations and they provide an amazing service. And the best part is you don't pay anything extra for it. Disney, other tour providers, 
Cruisers and other cruise lines have built the cost of their commission into their pricing. So if you're booking directly, you are just paying that money back to the provider when you could be spending it on the kind of service you would get from My Path Unwinding Travel. You've heard from their agents on our show. They are so knowledgeable, so giving of their time. They know so much about Disney Cruise Line, Sailing Concierge, other cruise lines, other all-inclusive vacations and adventures by Disney that if you have a vacation in mind, they are the ones to book it for you. So again, head over to mypathunwinding.com slash Duo so they know we sent you their way. Thanks, My Path Unwinding, for sponsoring the show. And with that, back to our episode. So Sarah, you mentioned a little bit ago that, you know, Holland America is perhaps a lot more about the destinations than the ship. And I'm curious, based on your experience cruising on the Wish and Holland, did you find that Holland has either more kinds of port adventures or more interesting port adventures than what you experienced or saw on your sailing on the Wish? I think they definitely do. And it's half of it is because they don't have to be as family friendly. They can go and do more tours of places or more higher impact. Um, You could go for mild, moderate, you know, strenuous levels of adventures, depending on what you want to do. If you want to do um, a specific walk around town that's guided, or you need to do a backcountry ATV tour, depending on what you were doing. The one that I really wanted to do in the Caribbean was over at Amber Cove in the Dominican Republic. And that was mm-hmm. the sliding down the waterfalls, which is similar to Dunn's River Falls over in Falmouth, Jamaica. Mm-hmm. But it was just like on a much higher level and you went further out. That area is also where Jurassic Park was filmed, like a lot of the amber, like my scenes. And so I, you could go and visit that area. But if you didn't want to do anything, there was a fantastic port there that had a huge pool complex with some over-the-water bungalows. You could go zip lining over the pool. They had cabanas going up the hill. They had a fantastic cafe that was on top of the hill that you could look out and see everything. You were close to town if you wanted to get a cab and go into Puerto Plata, I think is where we were close to. Um, and there was other also shopping. Um, but just like there and over at Grand Turk, there were just more unique things that you wouldn't find like at Cozumel or in Nassau. But it's all also like, you know, where are you going? The really unique one that I did was when we were in Flam, which was the first stop when we were in Norway. And you went into the second largest fjord in the world. So you go all the way back and you're watching as you go all the way through, just kind of creeping all the way to the end. And you get off in this, there's maybe 50 people if they live in this little port area, it's probably a lot. But we took the train, the Flamsbana, and we took that all the way up <laughs> through the mountains to Muradal. And we went past some incredible waterfalls. One of them that I took a picture of was a thousand feet from top to bottom. And it had just been raining and it was perfect weather that day. So all the rivers are just amped up and the waterfalls are just going super hard. And it was just just breathtaking to see it and to feel, you know, if you've been down Niagara Falls, you're like, oh my gosh, you know, it's just huge. Well, this is not the same, but also much taller than Niagara Falls. And it was just absolutely incredible. And then you ended up in like in the middle of this little mountain area and it's snow-capped mountains and it's the end of June and you can still see the snow everywhere, but it's also beautiful and 65 degrees. But we took the train all the way up. You could take the train back, but we took a bus ride back and we stopped at going like cross country and just seeing like just beautiful crystal clear lakes and crystal clear rivers. We stopped in Voss. So if you know like the Mm -hmm. water, Voss. Mm -hmm. So I've been there. 
And apparently that water actually doesn't come from Boss, but they took the town's name. It's just from someplace else. But they had a fantastic uh, Red Bull was sponsoring some extreme sports thing. And so we just like stood there and watched it for a while, just like they're skydiving with parachutes and coming down. And it was just like all these just like unique things that I just never would have expected to see while being on an itinerary. Just some of that was just happened to be luck, but it was just absolutely fascinating. Just seeing like so much of the land and just being there like for the entire day. I would say overall, they just have more unique things. And there's going to be some like the basic stuff. But I think a lot of it is more location dependent. The two other places I'm curious to understand your sort of comparison between Holland and Disney Cruise Line are service and atmosphere on board the ship, you know, decor and such. And let me throw stateroom in there as well, because, you know, Disney's known for having fairly generous family staterooms. I don't know what the staterooms look like on Holland America, but talk to us about sort of the the ship, kind of the atmosphere around the ship in terms of, you know, decor, the stateroom and the level of service on Holland America? Uh, The atmosphere on both of the ships that I've been on was very relaxing. The two that I was on, I was on one of their Pinnacle class ships, which was the Koningsdam. And I forget what type the Osterdam was. Uh, Osterdam was smaller. I would say comparing it you know, to like the magic and the wonder and then the kind of a little bit more to the dream and the fantasy in mm-hmm. size and just like a little extra amenities. I personally like the Osterdam better. I felt that they were more like small little nooks and crannies where you could just go and relax in. And that is like the best thing about that ship is that, or just like Holland America ships in general, is that there's just so much relaxing space. There's always a nook where you just go, just perk up. They have uh, little libraries up on the, the top cruise nest area uh, where there's a coffee shop and you can see, you can learn about like the ports that you're coming up to and you can just borrow books where you can just relax and watch. And while it's not an adults only area, it basically is an adults only area. And it's just, the most relaxing thing in the world. My favorite spot actually was on the Koningsdam on their Lido deck, which is one side is where the buffet is. And then it's also where the pool is. And they had these absolutely fabulous, I want to say, I'm going to use the word cabana, but it's not a cabana, but <laughs> it was facing the like nice open glass wall. And there was you know a, a day bed and there was a little small curtain around and they were completely free. And you could just go and relax and nap. And maybe when you wake up, someone might say, do you want a drink? And I said, absolutely. (laughs) And you would just, you could just nap. That was my favorite place to go to on that cruise was after being out for the day, come back up there, you know, people are getting ready to go off to dinner. And since we normally just did like Lido stuff, um, we didn't really have any set time that we needed to eat. So I'd go have like a pre-dinner nap with a drink. Um, But it was, it just, the whole entire vibe is just one of being relaxed. You know, looking at staterooms, I've stayed in a veranda. Um, I would say that particular one, uh, because they have a lot of different like variations on their verandas. I think, you know, Disney, we usually have two, three, you know, we've got like the deluxe family ocean view verandas. And then you have like the family ocean view verandas. They have a lot of other like very like five or six levels of them, just depending on where they are on the ship. Their beds are two twins that you can either put together mm-hmm. or take apart. I think you can turn the bed, like the sofa, into a bed as well. We only had two people in that particular one, me and my dad. So we just had our beds split apart. They have walk-in showers. They didn't have tub. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they had lots of like really great storage and they didn't do the split bathroom. But they had lots of really great storage. The inside stateroom that we stayed in, you know, my parents had it inside and then I had it inside. And that was for the Caribbean. And honestly, I was a little apprehensive. 
And having that inside stateroom with one person uh, made me feel so spoiled because the bed is just put completely together. I have all of this space. The TV was right there. They have a nice little like, drink cooler. Um, they have lots of on-demand movies as well. You could watch TV. Um, the bathroom was perfect for one person. And honestly, it, it was great. Like huge like closets. Um, you know, the stateroom attendants still come in multiple times a day and clean everything up and put the towel animals in various places. It really was nice. One thing I really do like is that when it's embarkation day, um, they put an actual, maybe a vinyl cover over your bed. So that way, if you put all your luggage on the bed, mm-hmm. you're unpacking and then they take it off automatically. The other interesting thing that they do that Disney doesn't do is that every single elevator has like a mat that has the day of the week oh yeah every single day they switch and i was so sad wait what that That is so cool you've got sunday you've got monday well and especially when you're on a ship and you have like you really have no when you're on vacation you have like no concept of what day of the week it is that's actually really nice it's and it's all of them and you're like they flip them like sometime like at midnight because I've always seen videos. I think there are other crews. I think maybe Royal does that as well, or a couple other people. Because I know I've seen videos online, people like cheering, like the changing of the day because they stayed <laughs> up way too late. I was like, that's a level. I was like, I like that. The other thing with service, um, the staff, absolutely, absolutely wonderful. My parents and I, they had always told me that they would run into staff from other ships because they've just cruised enough and they would recognize mm-hmm. them. And they really knew a lot of the staff and the staff was just absolutely so wonderful, so helpful, very much like Disney. I felt like the level of service on both ships, just absolutely the same. And that made me really excited. Well, we got to talk food. Uh, I mean, you can't talk cruising without talking food. We've kind of talked a little bit about it throughout the show at this point. But talk to us about on Holland America, do they have specialty dining? How does main dining work? And, and you know, how did you think things compared to the food you experienced on The Wish? They have main dining. Depending on the ship, it might be one or two levels of like the big main dining room. And then they also have specialty dining. Depending on the ship, it's usually the Pinnacle Grill. That's like their main iconic place. And then other ships will have maybe two or three others. Some of them will be more as a pop-up over in Mm -hmm. the Lido area. There's a couple little like blocked off spaces. Uh, But they have, remember, like Cell de Mar, which is focused more on just like seafood, especially like Mediterranean type things. Tamarind is, I want to say, Middle Eastern. There's a couple other things that will just pop up with various places, but um, they're it's cheaper than add-on, you know, 15, mm-hmm. 20, 30, $45. And then plus, you know, if you wanted to have alcohol or something like that, we mm-hmm. did the Pinnacle Grill. I think my parents usually do it every cruise. I didn't do it with them for the Caribbean, but I did with dad for the Norwegian just because I wanted to experience it. It was absolutely wonderful. I finally have only time I've ever eaten escargot, of course, is on a cruise <laughs> ship and it was that one. Um, <laughs> and I think I had uh, a lobster bisque and they, it came out with like the lobster meat. And I was like, oh, okay, here's the lobster meat, but there's there's no liquid. And then I didn't realize that they were going to pour it over. And I was like, oh, you're, oh you're real fancy, fancy here. I was like, yeah. oh. <laughs> the Lido, comparing it to Marceline Market, you know, they both have the the little like not pre-packaged, but like the little like everything's been like individual servings. You can go do that. Just go grab something, go take it to your table. Um, with Holland America, you know, they have like the coffees, the teas, the lemonades, and the waters are going to be complimentary. And then anything else you're going to have to pay for. Obviously with Disney, the fountain drinks are included, the juices, the milk. So you didn't have to worry about that. I personally didn't find an issue. I know like some people do. Um, but the food, I would say that 
both of their buffets like that Marceline Market and just like the General Lido Deck um, buffet on all the ships on Holland America were wonderful. Made me made me really excited. I've only done a couple of main dining spots over with Holland America just because my parents like to always go be in Lido because they don't like to be tied down to anything. They typically do an early and a late at like five-ish and then Mm -hmm. eight-ish. And then you can also do anytime. So if you can just like walk up and be seated and you might have to wait. And I've done the anytime a couple of times. They did a formal night and I went over and it was was very nice. I sat with a lot of people who kind of looked at me like, why are you here? And you're so young (laughs) and you're by yourself. And I was like, I mean, hey, what's up? But it was great. Like service was wonderful. I feel probably the food main dining was probably a little bit better than what it was on the wish. Well, Sarah, we could talk all evening about Disney Cruise Line and Holland America Cruise Line and cruising in general, but uh, it's we've reached that point in the show where I need to hand you over to Sam for some arbitrary questions, some arbitrary rules, and a dash of judgment or the round we call rapid fire. So Sam, take it away. Thank you, Brian. So because we're doing a Disney versus Holland America show. I am going to give you a special rapid fire that is going to be focused on. Well, first, I'm going to give you ask your Disney favorites, but then I'm going to ask you to give me just the quick who's doing it better between Disney and Holland America. But we can't have a show without asking you who's your favorite Disney or Pixar character. So traditionally, it's going to be Ariel always because Ariel Little Mermaid came out like right before my sixth birthday. And so I've been a huge Ariel stan for, I don't even want to think about how long now, but I would also say that it's probably a tie between Wally and the three fairy godmothers from Sleeping Beauty. And that's like more of like my adult versus like my childhood always. Oh, I like that. Cool. All right. What is your favorite Disney or Pixar movie? Little Mermaid. And then the second place would be a split between Wally and Zootopia. I love Zootopia. I love Wally and Zootopia. It's a comedy and it's a mystery and it's Disney. (laughs) I know. Okay. um, Favorite Disney song. And if you don't say part of your world, I might faint. (laughs) You're going to have to faint. I'm glad you have those pillows next to you. Um, Actually... It's going to be, and it's because of Happily Ever After, it's Go the Distance. That is a great song, though, honestly. (laughs) All right. So now we have to talk Disney versus Holland America. Okay. So I'm going to give you just just general categories, and you can interpret the category how you want to interpret it. So um, I'll start by asking booking, ease of booking. The physical, actual typing everything in, it's still going to be Holland America. Like Disney, it's just... It's, it's the way like you quick quote things in any other system and then you do it in Disney and it's just, it's just awful. I just, yeah. I want to like have talks with them about just like, it's Disney iced tea. Let's just, we'll yeah. leave it there. Anything's yeah. better. <laughs> All right. Onboard activities and let's, let's not talk like stage shows. So just sort of activities like that you would do on the ship. I personally would give it more to Disney. You know, granted, my parents like absolutely love the other, but like me, I like I had a great time. I really enjoyed a lot of stuff, but I still am just a little bit younger than what they were looking for. And I could just go and have a fantastic time. Like, you know, even like doing things like watching Match Your Mate mm-hmm. and just meeting like a gazillion characters. Wonderful. I, just, I still have to give that to Disney, but that's probably because I really love Disney. Yeah, perfect. I love it. All right. Stage shows. 
I'll qualify by saying like I ha- I didn't get to see Season of Adventure. I saw Ariel and I saw Aladdin. Ariel was the best one, and not just because I absolutely love a Little Mermaid, but because just technically, I remember watching the two back to back and they're like, oh, Aladdin's a little. Uh. So I will compare that. I would say it is a split because I saw some mm. really awesome stuff over on their main stage, especially when it's the music and the dance along with like the video boards of doing like these beautiful sights from nature. And that's not for everybody. Um, some people would probably say, I need a little bit more excitement. But I was very satisfied with both. And I never felt I saw something else, even if it was just like one of their magicians doing something like it was a really good show. Service. Who is doing service better? I know this is going to be a tough one. I still have to say like it's very equal. I would say, though, that's all right. That you can give them Disney, a tie. Yeah, I, I would say, and it's it's equal in different ways. I feel like just across the board that the Holland America staff were wonderful. Like, never was I wanting for anything. Um, the Dis- Disney crooks, I had like a lot of conversations with a lot of staff. And I felt that they took more time to really get to know you as a person, especially there was one cast member who was a bartender over at the Enchanted Sword Cafe. And I had run into him over at the Cove Bar. We would have like, we would have chats every single day. And I felt like that is the first time I've really gotten to do something like that. And I had not mm-hmm. had that experience before on any other cruise ship. So I will give the edge to Disney, mm-hmm. but not in any way knocking down Holland America. It's just more like, that's kind of, you know, like what Disney does is trying to be like that extra personable touch. All right. Food. This is mm-hmm. always an important category. I have a feeling I know which way this is going to go and it's not going to go Disney's way. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. It's it's going to go towards Holland America. Fair enough. But also, yeah, I, like it just I felt that like doesn't mean Disney's board. food is bad. Yeah. It just means you thought I liked the it more was a little bit there. better. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's okay. Yeah, that's the, ch- the choices and a couple other things. Um, and granted, like I'm not comparing because I didn't do Remy and I didn't do like Enchante um, and I didn't do because Paolo's on there too. I did it's just like, Paolo and Enchante. No, that's right. On the wish. Yeah. That's right. Enchante on, is like, the same as Remy, same level. Yeah. yeah. I would just say I'd just give it over to them. But I think also it's the fact that it's a smaller ship. And when you mm-hmm. have less people, it's just you can do just a little bit more. And that, that's really it. Okay. So the final question, which is the ultimate question. If you are going on a cruise tomorrow, are you going on a Holland America cruise or are you going on a Disney cruise? I would still go on a Disney cruise. You know, See, it's, it doesn't it, matter yeah, that they lose food. They win, always. You know, I can just dump ranch on things. It's fine. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You know, it just, there was just so many things. It was the first time I had gone on a ship and I felt that like, this is for me. Yes, I understand that people think Disney is for kids. No, Disney's for adults. They're the ones paying for it. They're the ones who really get to do it. And the kids kind of care and kind of don't care. It, you know, from walking on and just like sobbing, like just seeing everything to just being so happy, like every single day. You know, I didn't want, you know, I know no one gets off the ship um, in Nassau. My my husband did. He went and explored a little bit and he had a great time. Um, But I was so content just being there, just being surrounded by things. Like, look at that. There's a wedding. There's, look at that. There's characters. Look at this. This is that. It just it just made me happy. But if you're like you have to get on a Holland America ship tomorrow, I'd be like, sure, sounds great. Yeah, of course. Bother me a bit. Yeah. Well, I love it. All right. Well, thank you for playing. We appreciate your fair and honest opinions. I appreciate that Disney doesn't win in every category, and I think that that 
you know, we're trying to be an honest show. We're trying to give people, you know, the the real real, which means sometimes Disney doesn't win and they certainly never win in IT. And, you know, for some people, they don't win in food either. And that's okay. It's still a great product. And, you know, I know a lot of people are kind of like, well, you know, I could go do this at Walt Disney World or I could do this at Disney Cruise Line. Um, The fact that you can do as much or as little as you want to and still come away satisfied because I had this whole list of things. Like, I want to make sure I do this, this, this. I want to make sure I do that, that, that. And I accomplished maybe a third of them. And I don't feel like my experience was diminished in any of that because I think the best thing about cruising is that you can do absolutely nothing and still have a fabulous time. Well, Sarah, we just super appreciate you coming on the show. I know you are a travel agent with Magical Moments Vacations. Did I get that right? Yes, yes. Would you like to let folks know where they can find you if they want to book a cruise with you? Yeah, I. If you are looking on Facebook, you can find me at Sarah Holland, comma Magical Moments Vacation. I'm also on Instagram at Mountain Magic Sarah, and it's Sarah with an H. That's very important. But I am actually doing the Princess Half Marathon in let's see, ah, uh, five days, seven, yeah. six days. I'm about to do a half marathon, and I have trained minimally to none for it. <laughs> I have done them before. Um, it's just there's been a lot of fails in this particular one. It's almost like this half marathon was a surprise, but no, we booked it last year. Um, so, so if hop on, I know I'll have like a lot of stories um, about me running around there because I'm doing. Because I do Disney, I do Universal, I do cruises and all-inclusives. I'm do- going down to Mexico um, this summer for a week at Hotel Ishkarat Art. I'm going down to Disneyland end of the year for my 40th. And I've got, like a co- I've got a couple other Walt Disney World trips coming up and then a couple other things. That, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? You just Sometimes an opportunity just presents itself and you go traveling. Awesome. Well, we will follow you on the gram so we can follow in your adventures and, and watch as you complete the Disney Princess Half Marathon this weekend as well as your (laughs) other fun adventures coming up. So thanks again. Yay. Thank you so much. I had such a wonderful time. Well, a big thank you to all of you out there for listening this week. We really, really appreciate it. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. We'd also love it if you'd head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. If you hit those five stars, that's great. If you leave us a written review along with a five-star review, we will be sure to read it on the air at the end of one of our main episodes. If you're hovering over anything less than five stars, we really want you to reach out to us so we can take your feedback. Best way to do that, head to dclduo.com to find all the ways to connect with us. It links to our podcast, our vlog, our blog, has all the ways you can connect with us on social media, has our Etsy store where you can find our fun beach bags and magnets that we designed as enthusiasts of each of the Disney Cruise Line ships, has a link off to our Patreon. If you'd like to help support the show, we really truly appreciate each and every one of our Patreons for helping to support the show each and every month, has a link off to our show sponsor, My Path Unwinding, where you can get more information about booking a fabulous vacation, which also really helps to support our show. All the things are there, including a way you can sign up to be a guest on the show if you'd like to share your Disney Cruise Line experience. Most importantly, you can always email us at dclduo at gmail.com if you'd like to connect with us, or you can call our voicemail line if you'd like to leave us a message. We love to include the voices of our listeners in our show. Just dial 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. And that will head straight to our Google Voice voicemail line. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the 
Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent or the great folks over at My Path Unwinding Travel. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL duo. Good night. Good night.